Welcome to our podcast, Transparently Speaking. I am Diana, and I have a son who transitioned at a young age to become his true self. And I am Joy. I have also supported my daughter to transition at an early age. We are here to share our experience and our learning along this journey. We want to provide support and guidance parent to parent. And if you find yourself on a similar journey, we want you to know that you are not alone. So let's dive in, transparently speaking. So Joy, I just thought to keep it real that today we could talk about, I feel I have had this sense of like increasing fear for our families that is just developing. And most of the time I always say like, I can live with fear. It's part of the journey, right? From the get-go, there's a lot of fear involved when a child transitions of what their life will look like and safety and things like that and kind of went down. But I just noticed recently that my fear is increasing. And when I look at like, why it's because it feels like I'm constantly hearing some form of news of anti-transgender legislation of not talking about gender identity or allowing kids to use their name and pronouns in at school board meetings or in general, whether it's on social media or whether it is just in public or even in our schools that people are feeling more comfortable making comments that are transphobic, that aren't supportive. And it, it it just feels like danger is around the corner. Yeah, like people are being a bit more bold or more confident in their communicating or sharing either a, a disbelief that like transgender is a thing or a concern. A key thing that I've been hearing is this concept of this fear of irreversible effects of kids who are getting transgender health care. I agree. And I'll be honest <laughs> to both you and our listeners. I consciously sort of don't listen to a lot of news for, <laughs> for a lot of these reasons, because to manage and navigate my own mental health, like I can't be bombarded by it all the time. So as you and I are preparing for the session today, you're sharing kind of more and more news. And I agree, like, even as we were just talking about this, you know, my anxiety is increasing and I think that it's related to the political environment and the fact that we've got elections here coming up in the next few weeks, and it feels really important. Absolutely, 100%. Because, I mean, I'll be honest, too, that I don't watch a lot of news, but I do f follow, usually via social media, certain groups to get an idea of what's going on, and I keep my ears open. And But to be perfectly honest, what really spurred it on was we got a negative review on Apple. And I think it threw me over the edge, not because I didn't expect negative. Like when we started, we've talked about this. We knew that people were common at some point. And we kind of joked, like we knew we made it when we got it. <laughs> <laughs> we were big enough for someone to notice us. Oh. I don't believe that anymore though. I think it's gotten so contentious that people are digging anywhere. I don't think it has to do with how big we are. But I think the more concerning thing is not the negative comments, but like the comments that were there, and I'm not going to address them because everything they had to say was addressed in the podcast. And I think that's what gets me is like, okay, if you didn't hear what we had to say, what is my saying anything more going to change? And that's how I feel in general. What does my saying anything more going to change if I feel like we're in this environment, and this is on all sides, 
that it's like, nope, I don't hear you. I don't want to hear you. I'm not going to try to understand what you're saying. Because I don't have a concern if people have different opinions than me. I have talked to people and had civil and decent conversations with people that are like, I don't get this transgender thing. I don't mind that. But where it feels threatening is now, like, I don't understand. And I'm going to make laws or I'm going to make rules at school, or I'm going to intimidate the hospital from giving your child care. These things are now going to affect my life. Having a conversation in different opinions doesn't affect my life. But now I'm like living in this fear of like, what's next? And how are we going to manage? And are we going to be okay? Yeah, I think that's real. And the distinction I feel as you say that is this distinction between any particular individual being curious or wanting to understand or seeking to learn versus coming at it from some version of a fear-based, you know, like, what interest do they have in this? Like, why do they care? (laughs) Why do they care about the choices that me and my family are making? How does that impact them? That's where if we start talking about the political realm, you know, that's this whole concept of how women are, are lost our ability in many places to choose how to navigate our bodies and our health during pregnancy and things like this, that I will just never understand this need for power is what it feels like to me. This need for power for that others somehow believe they know more or what's better uh, for me as an individual than I can possibly know. Yes. And as a former healthcare provider, it's infuriating, right? Like we have standards of practice. We have what we call the gold standard and their research and their evidence-based And to have politics come in and say, you can't do this, you know, because I just, it blows my mind. And I think if anyone, if you have Apple TV or you have an Apple phone, you might have access to watch Jon Stewart's show that he did about gender, where he questioned the attorney general of Arkansas about the decision there. They made a law a year and a half ago that no one under 18 could get transition care. And he made the point like, okay, the American Medical Association, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Psychiatric Association, and the Endocrine Society all have agreed upon this treatment, this medical treatment. And it's not like they give it to just anybody. Like you have to, it, it's probably one of the most stringent protocols there is in medicine to be able to get the treatment. It's not like you can just come in and poof, like it's done. There's a lot of things that go into it and even go into making that protocol. But yet some politicians that have no medical background, no experience are going to be like, nope, you can't do that medical care. Like I, I can't imagine anywhere else in medicine besides reproductive rights <laughs> that politics comes in and says, nope, we know better than the medical societies. We know better than physicians. We know better than the research. Like it blows my mind. And it's so frustrating. It is. And I can't even imagine how terrifying it must be like to be, uh, so I'm terrified, right? As a parent, obviously with a kid who I believe this care is life giving, you know, like it is life saving and it is life giving for these kids and the providers who choose to give this care, to administer it, to oversee it, undoubtedly they believe the same. And so I can't even imagine what it's like for them to navigate this space 
And I have a lovely friend who supports local children's hospital and their leadership and their board. And I know as this topic, you know, is drawing more and more attention and lights on it, that there is this extra level and layer of anxiety, right? Everything from bomb threats that happened out in Boston. Boston Children's. Yeah, the Boston Children's Clinic, right? To just receiving almost like hate mail or receiving, you know, news articles about this and needing to confirm and check in, hey, board members, you're all still on board, right? Like, we need to make sure we've got a united front if this is the care that we're committed to giving. How do, you know, and just the effort required there, I can't even imagine. I've seen some beautiful things in some of the parent support groups I'm part of through email exchanges of parents who are sending gifts and messages and thanks to these providers for continuing to show up and to continuing to battle, you know, this, all I can call it is sort of like hatred or ignorance around healthcare for these kids. Right. And for those listeners that don't know, Boston Children's Hospital is given a bomb threat because of their gender clinic. And they found the person that gave the threat and they outwardly said, that's exactly why I did it because, you know, you're mistreating kids or I don't know, whatever. But I I can't imagine, they locked down the hospital in the clinic. I can't imagine being in that clinic, a children's clinic and being locked down. I mean, like, it's frightening and you don't know what's going on and you don't know what's real and what's not real. And are you going to get out of there alive? And this is the level of crazy. Arthur always says to me, why are you trying to make sense of crazy? (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) You're trying to use logic with crazy. And I'm like, I don't know what else to do because I I mean, I think it's a, a natural tendency, right? Like, how do I keep myself safe? How do I look at that and help keep our family safe? And I mean, he's right. There's no answer to that question. So it just drives me in circles. And it's so hard. And that's one of the things that we were also talking about. Want to talk with our listeners for others who may be experiencing this or who are supportive of this cause that we're positioning here in support of kids who need transgender care, in support of kids who are exploring their gender identity, who are not cisgender, you know actions that we all can continue to take. And I say that because I I look at the actions that I've got listed here and I'm like, yes, I need to do that. Or I need to do that again. Or it's been a while since I've done that. Yes. And, and we recognize it can be hard and it can be exhausting and everything else. And so big kudos and thank you to everyone out there who's listening and who is supportive. And just one more ask to, you know, take the next step, be willing to be with us on this journey and look to support in the ways that you can. So we have a couple recommendations or requests for you. Diane, do you want to, do you want to start with the first one we had come up with? Sure. You know, one way is to support those organizations, support our podcast, to put it right out there, show, like, thank them. If you can give us a review, like that helps offset the negative ones. And it helps those of us working here like not just on the podcast, but in different organizations, there's the human rights campaign. There's the national center for lesbian rights. There is Lambda legal. I mean, they are working tirelessly right now. There's so many laws being put out by States 
the lawyers are exhausted and they recognize that that's the point. They are being put to do more work than they possibly could do to keep fighting. And so like, if you can support any of these things and, and even if you can't financially support, but just give words of encouragement, just say like, I'm standing right with you. It helps to know that it's not just the families that we're not alone. And I often think of Mr. Rogers famous quote that I'll probably botch up, but it's something to the fact that like, look for the helpers. That's what I'm asking. I need to look for the helpers. Yeah. And I think that we kind of need more than just those of us who are in a family with a transgender individual. Like we need to know and feel supported by those who aren't directly maybe impacted to know that we can have a broader reach and a broader sense of impact and influence. And of course, along with that, Voting is coming up. Please vote. (laughs) That's the key thing I wanted to say. Voting is absolutely important. I know we're terrified, depending upon the results of our election, of what can happen. Absolutely terrified, you know. And so voting is absolutely essential. Make sure you're voting. Make sure you're encouraging everyone else to vote, to get the word out about what's important. And above and beyond the voting, contact your representatives to let them know what you think. Again, independent of whether you're a parent of a transgender kid or an individual who is does not identify as cisgender, and let them know who their voters are and what they support. 100%. We're looking at, like I think, 21 states right now that are looking at laws to stop medical care. For kids. There's a, I don't even know the number of states right now that are looking at laws. I know Michigan's one of them to consider it child abuse. Taking kids from homes. So vote. That's how you let them know. Vote. I was going to say, and don't take it for granted because I like have a friend that's like, oh, our governor will win. We need our governor to win. And our governor will win, but don't take that for granted. You still have to vote. I don't care what state you're in. Yeah, you've got to vote. And Where you're seeing positive things happening, as Diana shared, you know, share your gratitude, show your appreciation. If you know local healthcare workers and hospitals that are supporting healthcare for transgender individuals, please let them know that you're so grateful they're doing the work that they're doing and how life affirming and life giving that work is. And school boards, right? If you're willing to be brave and to continue communicating about how important this is to have a safe space for kids who might be exploring gender, who know their gender and need to live into their gender, we need the safe space for kids who aren't cisgender. And I I still think that that is not, uh, is by no means a given and will continue to be a struggle, I think, in some spaces and places, especially in non-urban spaces where These conversations hopefully are happening and have happened already. I know that's not the case everywhere. So continue to speak up and provide support. Yeah. I think about what Arthur said in in the episode that I interviewed him, where it's like the families cannot always be on the front line. We need other people to help us out and to speak up and to go to the school board meetings and to say, no, I don't support taking out these books. I don't support not including this in our education because that's another thing that seems to be going around a lot. And and often it's disguised in pretty language, like parents' rights. Well, that sounds beautiful. I want rights. Don't you want rights? Who doesn't want rights? <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but like parents' rights is about not letting teachers teach 
you know, many times, and it's going to be different in each place, but it, many times it's to disguise, like you have to disclose everything that you're going to teach and show. And parents' rights also falls under that. It can be like, you can't call a child by their name or their pronouns without parents' permission. That's part of parents' rights. So it sounds really pretty, but it's like, make sure you know what people are talking about with this pretty language. Yeah. And I think Diana, just to to hit on that piece again, in case we've got a listener who may question, well, why is that a big deal? This particular example of requiring a parent's permission to use a certain name or set of pronouns. There are kids out there who are not in supportive families. And I would love to believe that schools have a responsibility to provide a supportive space for them and to acknowledge their identity and call them by the name and the pronouns that they are most comfortable with and that they identify with. And so by requiring a parent's permission, you're undoubtedly going to limit that support for certain kids who do not have you know, that support at home. And, you know, it makes me sad just saying that, but I know that that's the case. I know that there are, you know, parents who, whether they just haven't been educated or who have other beliefs that are in conflict with this, and that creates a space where they can't navigate this in such a way as to show up in support of their kids. The school should be a safe space. And I can only hope and believe that we as a society can lean into our education system. Unfortunately, that in a lot of ways, our education system is bringing up the next generation of kids, right? Like they are defining societal values in ways that we can argue about whether or not that's right or wrong, but like it's happening. (laughs) And I think it's a beautiful opportunity to create safe space for kids. Yeah, and for the schools that have done this, have called kids by the name they ask and, and and their pronouns, they've done it because they know academically those kids do better. They no longer are worried about being seen. They are able to focus on the academics and learn. And that's why many of the schools have done that. The other thing is if a kid, if a student comes and says, please call me this name and use these pronouns, and the school has to contact the parents first, if they are in an unsupportive environment, that might put that student in danger especially if they didn't know that that's what would have to happen. Oh, if the student didn't know that the school was going to reach out to their parents because they're, exactly. they're showing up feeling safe. So they're asking for this and then they, the school will go back to contact the parent and that just creates another level of risk for the child. I see. Oh my gosh, that's devastating. Yeah. Reach out to your friends and family <laughs> that have parent that are families with children or individuals with trans identities non-binary identities, see how they're doing, let them know, but also speak up, please. We need everybody. Yeah. Seeking our allies here to back us up and so we can fall into supportive hands. Thank you to all listeners. And we really appreciate your support. That's a wrap on this episode of Transparently Speaking. Thanks for joining us today. Join us again on the 1st and 15th of every month for our next podcast. Thank you to Filter for our awesome music. That's P-H-I-L-T-Y-R. Check them out at Apple Music, YouTube Music, Spotify, or anywhere you download music. As a reminder, we welcome your feedback and questions. Email us anytime at transparentlyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. If you're taking something away from our podcast, we'd appreciate if you'd take a moment to provide us a review. The more listeners and reviews, the more people we can reach and support. Thanks in advance. Cheers from Joy and Diana.